When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this has nothing to do with Ninja Turtles. But what? If they, but listen, listen, hear me out, because a lot of Ninja Turtle fans are also He-Man fans. If they don't put a montage in the next he- part installment of He-Man Revelations of Evil Lynn falling in love with Skeletor with Magic Man playing in the background by heart... <laughs> I don't know what they're, they don't know what they're doing. I'm, you know, I'm interested um, because yeah, yeah, no, we're going to go on this tangent now. Um, (laughs) I'm really, really interested uh, because I want to see if, because Eva Lynn had that whole growth of like, you know, she doesn't need Skeletor and like to, to have her backslide because she was basically like carrying the Havoc staff around the entire time. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if, you know, she's going to stick with him in the second half of uh, the season. Yeah, we, we need a flashback backstory and it needs to be a montage and it needs to have Magic Man by heart playing in the background. All right. It, it, it would be fantastic. You got funny, funny jokes, kid. <laughs> they already got a, they already got, I need a hero for the, uh, the trailer. You remember yeah, that? that was so epic. That was so good. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like the the week that dropped, then um, was it? It was the week that dropped, then uh, Loki had it in the show. Yeah. Um, and then I think the Guardians of the Galaxy game got announced, and <laughs> the song was there too. Man, people didn't coordinate either that, or maybe there was a deal on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Two for one sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not using the song. But anyway, uh, you know, back to, uh, you know, enough of the hot takes. Get back to what uh, this episode's supposed to be about. Yay. Master yeah, of the Universe today? Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> We're covering episodes uh, 49, 50, and 51 of season three of the 1987 Ninja Turtle cartoon. Don't you mean of the show? What did I, I say? I think you said 48, 49, 50 yeah, or something so like that. Oh, that's of the show? Yeah, that's of the uh, show. So this is episode 31, 32, and 33 of season three. Man, that's embarrassing. That's okay. That just lets you know how many episodes we've gone through so far. Yeah, that's yeah. impressive. And and those episodes are going to be uh, Michelangelo's birthday, Usagi Yojimbo, and Case of the Hot Kimono. Three all-time classic episodes yeah, classic. But well, classics could be classics for multiple reasons, though. Like it doesn't have to be great to be a classic, right? 
Yeah, I think that's how it works. <laughs> They're classic in that they exist. Right. They are part of the classic cartoon, and that's why they are classics. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway. I guess you should probably start and tell us a story. Yeah, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So I got us with the first episode, Michelangelo's birthday, which was episode 31. Is that what you guys said? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Episode 31. So stories by Bill Wolf, written by Elliot Darrow. Not sure what that means, but that's what the episode said. Here's what that means is one person was like, hey, I have an idea, but it's too stupid to be an episode of a cartoon. And the other guy was like, yeah, no problem. I'll write it for you. (laughs) That's what that means. (laughs) That's, That's probably what that is. Anyway, it was released on November 6, 1989. And in the beginning, we see that it's Michelangelo's birthday, and he's very, very excited about it. He tries to give his brothers the hint, but they don't seem to remember. Little does he know they are actually planning to surprise him. Mikey's distraught and decides he's moving out, so he leaves because he's so upset with his brothers and, you know, Splinter as well. Meanwhile... Shredder and Krang discover a new chemical that demutates things and plan to use it on the turtles. They go up topside and destroy things to lure in the turtles. It works, but before the turtles go leave to stop Shredder and get lured in, they realize that Mikey, their brother, is gone and that he's run away because they discover a note he left saying that uh, he wasn't going to take it anymore. Splinter tells them that they have to go stop Shredder, but he will go search for the missing brother. The turtle successfully dodge Shredder's attacks, but he runs away. He, Shredder then stumbles into the lone Michelangelo and captures him and uses him as bait for his brothers. Mikey escapes the deadly torture device that Shredder leaves him in and is shortly afterward found by Splinter. Meanwhile, Shredder leads the other brothers to where he was keeping Mikey, and when they arrive, they believe Mikey to have been vaporized. While they're distracted mourning for their brother, Shredder gets them with the new experimental anti-mutagen. But instead of demutating them, it makes them expand and float. Mikey and Splinter show up and defeat him. Uh, It looks like it's all over for the other members of their family, but when Splinter removes some special relics from his pocket and uses them to revert their fallen family members, they return to normal. It turns out, though, that these are not actually relics. They're really just mothballs, but the power of believing made them work. After they get back to the lair, they surprise Michelangelo with the birthday celebration. The end. Just a ton of stuff going on in that episode. Yeah, it was it was quite a bit. <laughs> it was an episode. All right. Well, let me tell you a story. Usaki Ojimbo, original air date, November 7th, 1989, written by David Wise. Our story begins with the turtles failing to return a video before the video store closes when suddenly General Trag appears in the street and begins to attack them. But the turtles are unable to attack him because he vanished into thin air. It turns out that Shredder is using a dimensional teleporter to materialize things from other dimensions. He's also searching for something in Little Tokyo Town. Curious about what Krang is messing around with, 
Donatello reveals that he's been making a dimensional portal of his own, but Shredder uses his teleporter just as Donatello switches his on, causing it to tune into an alternate dimension of sentient animals. And the turtles see a rabbit samurai facing off against three pig samurais. During the fight, our rabbit samurai leaps through the portal and begins to attack the turtles. The turtles find that the rabbit's skills are too much for them to handle when Michelangelo throws a pizza at him. A fighting style splinter calls slapstick. The samurai rabbit introduces himself as Usagi Yojimbo, which Splinter thankfully translates for us as rabbit bodyguard. They discuss sending Usagi back home, but Donatello doesn't believe he can find Usagi's dimension again because it was a zillion to one fluke that he got it in the first place. So the turtles decide to introduce Usagi to their world, including April and Irma. The power begins fluctuating wildly in Midtown and a teleporter deposits several foot soldiers onto the street. Usagi then successfully destroys all of them, but he wanders off in the fracas. As the city is flooded with foot soldiers, Usagi finds himself at a rabbit-themed restaurant where he's mistaken as one of the waiters. When he gets the idea to, uh, when he gets the idea that his brothers are slaves, he attacks the restaurant's manager, and Michelangelo has to extract him from the place. Meanwhile, Donatello figures out where the foot soldiers are converging—a museum in Little Tokyo Town, where there's a massive egg referred to as Baby-san who's guarded by Splinter's old friend, Obento. The egg is dropped into a massive smokestack and hatches into a giant dragon. The turtles manage to distract the dragon with a grain elevator, but the food begins to, uh, but the food causes the dragon to grow further. Donatello, Splinter, and Usagi manage to rescue Obento before the foot soldiers can drown him. Obento retrieves a strange blue candle from his home, declaring that it is the only thing that can save the dragon from the city. Meanwhile, the military is gearing up to attack Baby-san, who has now learned how to breathe fire. Obento says that someone needs to throw the candle into the dragon's mouth, and Usagi volunteers. The dragon immediately shrinks back down to an egg after gulping that candle. Checking on his attackers, Shredder is shocked to see that Usagi is among them, and Krang mocks him for blaming his defeat on a bunny. Baby-san is put back in the museum, and Obento agrees to care for Usagi until Donatello can find a way to send him home. The end? Question mark? Bold, bold television. Not really. Uh, it's not really a part one, <laughs> but it also is kind of a part one because, spoiler alert, you know, the next time we come around to com or to the cartoon, Usagi goes home. Yeah, it's weird that uh, it's because it's clearly a two-parter, but for whatever reason, this episode is in the middle of that two-parter. Yeah. That episode is The Case of the Hot Kimono. This is season three, episode 33, originally aired November 8th, 1989, written by David Bennett, Karen, and J. Larry Carroll. And I always seem to get those two. I, I think you guys are messing with me. Larry, Curly, and Moe. <laughs> All right, so April is interviewing her aunt, Agatha Marvels, for the evening news. Agatha, or Aunt Aggie, as April calls her, is an ace detective. She's so good she can determine a man's height based solely on the marks he leaves on a half-eaten banana. And she's figured out that April knows the turtles. 
April takes Aggie to the sewers to meet the Ninja Turtles. Meanwhile, Michelangelo and Leonardo are running some errands and come across some thieves stealing kimonos. They're able to run off the thieves, but they do wind up stealing one kimono, Master Splinters. Aggie accompanies the turtles to find some clues about the location of Splinter's kimono, and they run across the same thieves stealing yet more kimonos. They're able to get away and give our heroes a slip with some oil. But this isn't uh, motor oil, it's actually an olive oil, and Aggie's able to determine that it's an olive oil from the Isle of Tertelli. Uh, April gives a report on the news about the rash of kimono nappings. Then she and Vernon go to investigate a lead on the kimonos, but are kidnapped by Don Tertelli, a ruthless mob boss and tickling fiend. So Don Tertelli tickles April and Vernon for information on kimonos. Aggie hatches a plan to set up a fake kimono shop and sell ad time on a show Don Tertelli's men are watching to lure him out. Sure enough, Tertelli's men show up and steal the kimonos, Instead, they actually steal a box filled with Raphael, Michelangelo, and Leonardo instead of kimonos. Aggie and Don follow on the turtle cycle. At D- Don Tertelli's, the plan is hatched, but April and Vernon have disappeared. Uh, after a brief fight with the mobsters, the turtle find, turtles find the blindfolded reporters trying to escape from their captors, but they're actually hopping along uh, outside the window of the top story of this building. When their blindfolds are removed, Vernon panics and he and April fall off the building. Luckily, an awning breaks their fall because the turtles did nothing to save them. Uh, back at Tertelli's penthouse, Aggie finds a piece of paper that leads them to the harbor. Tertelli and his gang have loaded up all the kimonos on a boat, and the turtles plan an ambush with the sewer party tubes and retro catapult. The heroes attack the boat, but Tertelli gets away in an escaped speedboat only to crash into a garbage barge. The day and Splinter's kimono are saved. Turns out Don Tertelli was stealing all the kimonos in the city to find one that had a map to bury treasure. The kimono that has the map is Splinter's and the map is to the lost treasure of Emperor Nakamura. Unfortunately for Don Tertelli, Aggie has already led an expedition to clean out that treasure trove just last year. Uh, she even says that this means that all of this was for nothing. The end. Sorry, I fell asleep in the middle of that. Um, I fell asleep watching that episode. I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, I had to do a little bit of uh, editing of my summary because I may have written it while I had a couple. It, just didn't, <laughs> it didn't make any sense. And then the I like, only way to, to get through that one. I, I tried to like kind of watch and, and redo the summary. I was like, no, this still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know that the alcohol could be blamed for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll get into it in uh, later. But uh, so for now, we'll go to the second time around. Yeah. Hey, uh, nice junk. So first thing in uh, Michelangelo's birthday. Are the rock soldiers mutant rocks? Yeah. Yes, like, they must be, right? Is, yeah, like they have to be. Like they sprayed them, they believed that they became demutated. I like I had to rewind that. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, because that's well, like never brought up again. Yeah, like, Crane even says like they reverted back to rocks. Yeah, so they must be mutant rocks. But then, uh. like the um, I like I and I guess that's because like the rock soldiers in IDW are mutants, right? I mean, more or less, yeah, like they... So, like, 
I don't know if I don't know if you know that is inspired by this, but like these are like literally like mutated rocks, like the turtles are mutants, yeah. not humans that are injected with rock DNA. <laughs> Whatever rock DNA is, but it's right. like okay, so, but then like so that opens up like a bunch of questions. Like we know the mutagen more or less works in the show by combining you with the last animal that you that you interacted with right and so it's like the for the so like rewriting the rock soldiers like the rocks dna uh to become a humanoid rock person like what (laughs) it's got neutrinos to touch it you know I mean, like, okay, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, so he's got the neutrinos to like touch those specific rocks, and it's like, I, ah, man. Do you think that's what they do with neutrino prisoners of of war? It's like, all right, just touch bring them in rocks. here. Touch all these rocks. Touch this these is rocks. all you're doing today. They hate war and touching rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like. <laughs> It, it just it raises so many weird questions that you're really not supposed to be asking because who cares ultimately but it's in the context of the of the world that this show has set up so far it's just it's it's weird but then at the same time the show doesn't care so i shouldn't care i just should be like okay the rocks were people now they're not I mean, I I was just wondering if that, you know, means that they're mutant rocks, you know, that's all. (laughs) It does kind of explain like why mutagen exists in Dimension X, if nothing else, right? right. Just to, just to create soldiers from rocks, you know? And like, like, it kind of, it kind of also like the way they find like the anti-mutagen sludge just kind of floating on lava, which I love that Shredder is able to walk up to lava and touch it and touch it <laughs> and like granted like he touches he touches like the he touches the mute the retro mutagen part but i mean like you can't even get that close to it because the heat will already just kill you yeah <laughs> not to mention the there is no breathable air that close to lava right <laughs> and it's like the stuff that dropped into it was a welding flux like that that gets real hot <laughs> yeah not to mention, he is also wearing metal armor. Right, right. I mean, but the thing is, though, like, the biggest thing is, like, ignore all those, like, you know, the science. <laughs> ignore of, everything. Ignore, ignore science. Ignore getting the science. Ignore the science of just getting close to lava. You know, as a kid, you play the floor as lava. You, jo- you know. But even as a kid, you know that, like, if you touch lava, you're, you will be dead. You know, you're, you'll lose whatever touched lava. But, like, like Shredder just reaches in. That scene oops up a handful of lava. <laughs> that scene from Volcano, like, is just that sticks in my mind in every millennial's mind. Oh no, like, I was a I was a Dante's Peak kid. You know, I was too at first, but Volcano is the better. I think Volcano is the better campy movie. I think Dante's Peak on. Well, this is a tangent. <laughs> I, I want to be but, clear. I, I am not voluntarily a Dante's Peak kid. What happened was me, my cousin, my uncle, and my father went to the movie theater. Uh, I think Star Wars was sold out, so we went to see Dante's Peak. And I was okay. too young to be seeing Dante's Peak. 
Volcano, and Dad, if you're listening, Dante, yes, it Dante's did peak, start. <laughs> Dante's Peak, I saw in theaters. Uh, Volcano, my grandpa taped for me off of HBO. Uh, oh, that's piracy, sir. Uh, you know what? Only if it's for my personal use. Your grandfather's a pirate. He yeah. is. He was. <laughs> Captain Larry Buck. Um, <laughs> he, uh, okay, but Volcano, like, has that one scene where the guy like jumps like and he tries to walk in the magma um and yeah like that just sticks in every kid's mind that watches it also side tangent were you an armageddon kid or were you a deep impact kid let us know by tweeting to us at ninja turtle ph has nothing to do with ninja turtles i just want to (laughs) know just take it as drop wall yeah why not uh because it was in my head uh you said you were an armageddon kid armageddon yes i don't think i've ever seen deep impact okay Uh, i also don't think i've ever seen volcano honestly ah you gotta see volcano tommy lee jones oh man and you know it 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 hits harder because it like it takes place in la Mm. so it's like i recognize all the places that are getting destroyed Mm. it's like it's like independence day but like caters to me (laughs) right right if there's a like Armageddon style movie about the Midwest, I don't know of it. So, <laughs> wasn't that Twister? Yeah, but that's like okay, that's too rural. I need like uh, urban Midwest. So okay, a, a larger city, but not as large as New York or L.A. or even Chicago is probably. I'm like big. I'm trying to think of any, and I cannot. Yeah, yeah. Should we get back to uh, turtles? Uh, you know what? I'm anyway. kind of done talking about turtles. <laughs> so, Shredder just must know some ancient lava handling ninja technique. You know, I mean, that's all it really is. But I just think it's a cool superpower that he's got now. Just, just being able to touch lava. Barehanded, too. He Bare didn't put a glove on. No, no. Like, reaches his gauntlet in everything. Is that possibly his superpower that he's just completely fireproof? I think so. I think he's just... I think it's like just an ancient ninja technique for handling lava, probably. <laughs> right. It's just being a ninja. Let's Pass down. Lava. Um, so this episode, I noticed that uh, the title card spells Michelangelo. M-I-C-H-E-L-A-N-G-E-L-O. And the initial spelling of Michelangelo, like for the toys in the comics, had an extra A after right. the M-I-C-H. So it's Weird to me that they spelled it correctly on the title card, but wrong for the character. You know, it's, it, it's weird, and you know, it was funny because I was thinking about that before, like earlier today, because I was like, I wonder if I should like put that as a factoid on, on our Twitter. But like, yeah, like for basically before two thousand three, all the branding for Michelangelo was spelled incorrectly. It was M I C H A E L like the normal spelling of Michael Angelo. Um, and I think the rumor was it's just Peter, Peter and Kevin didn't like, didn't realize the error yeah. when they did it. I believe that. <laughs> um, and it wasn't fully corrected until 2003. Yeah, I, I mean, they didn't have Google back then, you know, like, or, or <laughs> you just, you had to go off what it's you... funny splinter read all these renaissance books and every one of them spelled michelangelo wrong <laughs> <laughs> well and kevin eastman's admitted he's a terrible speller and uh if you look 
I actually looked in the uh, the artisan edition of issue one, which has like the rough draft. Hmm. Um, and Michelangelo in that is spelled without the E at all. It's M-I-C-H-A-L, Michelangelo. So uh, corrected in the wrong way. <laughs> it was doomed from the start. Yeah, it was doomed <laughs> from the start. There you go. Yeah. But you're right. Like it it is it is funny though that like they did spell it correctly on the title card. I'm also, I'll be honest, I didn't realize it was fixed that long ago. I I I had realized at some point it was fixed, but I didn't think in 2003 it, it was fixed to the correct spelling. I always thought it was, and it, to this day I spell it with the extra A. Oh wow! Well, you'd be wrong, sir, because it's been be. like that for almost 20 years. Spellcheck must hate you. <laughs> it, yes, it does. It's been <laughs> it's been correct now longer than it was wrong. Fair. Think about it like that. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, my spell check does hate me. There's certain times when the computer can't like offer anything. Like I, I spelled the word so incorrectly, the entire the entirety of human knowledge doesn't know what word I was trying to spell. <laughs> I get you. I do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, one of the jokes uh, that I thought was funny was Raph um, says, "Hey, never mind the joke, Shecky." Um, so Shecky was a famous comedian back in the 50s and 60s um it's a very very <laughs> uh joke that flew over a lot of people's heads um i just like the joke because um uh, kevin smith uh who you know is the head writer on masters of the universe revelation um his uh wiener dog's name is shecky um oh. who is named after that Shecky. Uh, also, as a side gig, I'm a puppeteer, and my puppet is named Shecky. So I just thought that was it was cool. <laughs> it was a fun. It was a fun reference. I was like, oh, cool, awesome, wow. And it, my puppet is named after Kevin Smith's dog because I liked the name Shecky. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't well, put the two and two together until much later. One of these days, someone's going to be like. Uh, you know, I need a comedian name. I saw this awesome puppet one time named Shecky. And yep. <laughs> that will complete the cycle. <laughs> it's funny because like my puppet's name is Shecky, but the only stuff you'll ever see that I've performed with him on, his name is Harry. So like Harry is his stage name. Oh, okay. But secretly, you know, like in, in his in his private life, he's Shecky. His, bo- his box that he's in says Shecky. <laughs> All right. Name is Shecky Monster hyphen Cabrera. Awesome. <laughs> <Just> like it. <laughs> Learning a lot tonight. Hey, you know. Yeah. So we're opening up here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only th- other thing I had for this episode was the Flushomatic, which was a toy, of course. Yep. This is um, the first appearance. Pretty messed up toy, though. It's just like a torture device for your turtles. I think it was a big thing, yeah, you know, because you have this is the '80s, so it's like you have like the slime things um i'm pretty sure like it was it was based on a he-man toy still messed up but oh it's it's messed up like and it's it's weird that like it's weird that like shredder would have it as like as like a weapon to use against the turtles like it's it's wacky and weird but it's like to he, it's like in a toy line, it makes sense. That's fine. 
but to like have it used here as a torture device that's that's what feels weird about it yeah and to like call it a flushomatic yeah and then the aesthetic like is them... really for the turtles right like sewer flush yeah yeah like it makes sense in the context of like the toy line because the toy lines thing was like gross out humor but like here why would shredder call it a flushomatic like yeah anyway again questions that we're not really supposed to really care. <laughs> if you want to see something real messed up, then look up the box art for the Flushomatic because, like, one of the turtles is like tied up, his hands and, and feet bound, just getting like slimed by it. But in the background, like, one of the turtles is like chained to the wall 10 feet off the air. Yeah, it's usually messed you gotta up. pay good money for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, here they're just giving it away. Oh, man. That's all I have for that episode. <laughs> we just celebrated our anniversary last week. Now Spencer's regretting everything. <laughs> yeah, why did I invite right, show's over? Yeah. I'm done. I made it a year. <laughs> I'm getting into stamp collecting now. <laughs> all right, anything else for Michelangelo's birthday? Are we ready well, for Usagi? Nobody, okay, so it's not really an anchovy because I was I was thinking about it. Um, not an anchovies yet. We're on the second time of the round. So. No, no, no. I know, I know. I know, because oh, okay. um, originally it was going to be an anchovy when we, when we were talking about it last week, and I think we I think we talked about it in the bonus content. I um, see. Uh, but upon reflection and watching this episode, because um, we were talking about how it's Michelangelo's birthday, but not the other turtles. Yes. And um, it just got me thinking that, like, I think in our heads, like we all know it's we all know that they're all brothers. Um, but it's never really stated that they all have the same birthday. 2012, like, kind of does it with Mutation Day. And it's like, they're all roughly the same age because they all mutated the same day. And so they all consider themselves, like, you know, 15 years old in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I mean, we don't know. Like, you know, we just had the Leatherhead episode where Leo said, you know, oh, I feel like a young turtle again. You know, like we don't really know how old the turtles are, but I think we, I think we all kind of headcanoned that they all have this same birthday, right? So, like, it's it's just not explicitly stated anywhere that they all that they had the same birthday. It's it's not, but it also the same. I don't know. To me, it just doesn't make sense for them not to have the same birthday because eggs like all hatch on the same day. Well, I mean, we again, like, we don't even know we don't even know if they're all from the same clutch, you know, like in, I mean, in, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, rise, they're all different species of turtles. So obviously yeah. they didn't hatch together. Like um, next mutation, they, they specifically say like, they're, they're not, not brothers. Yeah, yeah. They're not blood brothers. Um, in the toy line, like they all came from different pet shops. Yeah. Um, Granted, those were all like you know gag names like Chesapeake Bay or whatever, uh-huh. um, New Hampshire or whatever. Um, but like the lore was kind of there that they were all from different pet stores, and again, like we don't really know anything about like the turtles, like you know where they came. Like we know they were pet shop turtles, but we don't know like you know they could have come from different hatcheries and then just all wound up at this pet store. I mean, they could have, but then at this, anyway, it, it's not you're, worth you're, it. You're right. like, and like we said, we're asking questions that <laughs> the show was not meant to have asked of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but it, to me, it's never made sense for them to have like different birthdays because, like, I don't know if they're all baby turtles. Like they, anyway. Especially yeah, if they're four baby turtles right. from like, the same pet shop, you would think they would come from the same. And how would they remember what day they were born? That's a good point too. How they were what? How would they remember the day they were born in the first place? Like no, how would you, they know? You're, you're right. You're right. Like how would they? And so it, and so that's why like I like what 2012 did with Mutation Day. And so they all just celebrated the same day. They all might not be the same age, but it's like you know when you adopt the dog, you know, the dog's birthday just becomes the day you adopted them, not yeah. necessarily, you know, whenever the real date was. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. So like I said, yeah, it, it originally was an anchovy for me, but the more I think about it, like the sh- it's not explicitly stated in the show. Um, so uh, what is an anchovy, though? Because let's get in. Well, we're still right. second time around. Yeah, we, we're still in second time around. That's what I meant. <laughs> we got two more episodes yet. So Usagi Yojimbo. Usagi Yojimbo. Um, this is... The first crossover with all of the turtles and Usagi instead of just Leo. Up to this point, only yeah. Leo had met Usagi in any version of the turtles. It kind of, it kind of felt like, mm-hmm. it kind of felt like this might have been a like a backdoor pilot. Uh huh. And so, for anybody that doesn't know what that is, a backdoor pilot is when a spinoff can be potentially made so they introduce a cool character concept or whatever in an already established show and if that proves popular then um, a spinoff will be made of that character it usually doesn't tie back into the original show um yeah, the one that comes to mind is the masked writer from uh fox who was like another power rangers type show so he was introduced in power rangers and then the masked writer like premiered a couple weeks later or whatever Mm -hmm. i can't think the turtle i don't think the turtles ever did that with anything um but i i kind of feel like you saw like this episode and then like usagi come home were cases of that potentially being a backdoor pilot i could see that I don't know how popular Usagi, uh, like the comic was back then. Um, like, obviously, it wasn't Turtles level popular, but I don't know. Oh, you know what? It is. Um, Turtlepedia listed as the portable, the portable, por- portable portal generator. Okay. And this, cool. this is the debut of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you know? So, yeah, because it becomes a big thing like later on, like it, basically folds down in on itself and donatello like carries it around with him very cool um let's see the only thing thing i have you know yeah right the only thing i had is uh way back in episode one of this whole series splinter when introducing Raphael, said that no earth no sword on earth could withstand his sigh and uh splinter must have only been referring to literally our earth because usagi disarms him immediately (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't think the turtles are as good as as splinter you know described them in that first episode yeah well because leo's swordsmanship was unmatched and uh was immediately beaten by usagi and <laughs> donatello could disarm any opponent uh got his bow staff cut up immediately yeah i don't think that was good <laughs> he got it he got it cut up 
by Usagi slicing in the exact same spot. That's how good Usagi is. That's how good Usagi is. Man, Usagi. I can't can't remember if we discussed it last week, but is everybody saying Usagi or Yusagi? I've always said Usagi. I think when I was younger, it was Yusagi. Now that I'm older, it's Usagi. Yeah, I, I, but I, I heard it said in the 2003 series, and I never read it. I always heard it. So, yeah. oh, see, first, yeah, first time I heard it pronounced, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Sagi Sakino. There's a guy named Rabbit Sakito. <laughs> no, that's Sailor Moon's real name. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, dude, you got to watch Sailor Moon. It's great. I love Sailor Moon. I mean, that the, was like that was like one of my gateway animes. The, mine was mine was Dragon Ball, but I mean, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon are everybody's one. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna do a deep cut. My real first anime, I think, was Ronin Warriors. Um, that was amazing, and then Samurai Pizza Cats was on at like the same time as Sailor Moon was out here. Mm. I love Samurai Pizza Cats. Yeah, I uh, the only magical girl anime I've seen is Madoka Magica. So Madoka, Madoka's good. Madoka, there you go. That's what it is. Madoka, that's the only one I've seen. Uh, guys, if you have a favorite magical girl anime, let us know somewhere on the internet at Ninja Turtle PH. <laughs> <laughs> let us know who your favorite Sailor Scout is. Uh, if it's not yeah. Jupiter, I don't care. I mean, I do love I do love Jupiter. I you know younger younger me loved uh, Ami. Uh, older me loves um, Usagi. Okay, now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Now Guys, to- if you have a favorite GI Joe member, let us know somewhere. <laughs> now I need someone to draw Miyamoto Usagi in a magical girl outfit. You know, like this the one that the one that Usagi wears in the in the anime. Just just give it to there me. you go. All right, episode. Are we good to go on to the case of the hot kimono? Yes, <laughs> I think. Yes, so. we are. Uh, so we got Don Tertelli back. Yeah, with a different uh, style this time. He was the portlier man. So I, episode, I, right? I, and I mentioned that last time. Um, he was like a fat portly guy the first appearance, and then now he's like in his like classic mobster look. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, Burns Blues. That was the first time we saw him. Gotcha. Yeah. And then... Uh, okay. God, it feels like so long ago, but that was earlier this season. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it feels like it was like two years ago. It <laughs> was episode. only episode seven. Like, <laughs> it was less than 20... 20 uh, uh, or less, less than 30 episodes ago. Wow. So it was in the same season, though, that he totally changed designs like the way he looks completely changed mm-hmm. like <laughs> the right hand's not talking to the left hand man well, that's, the, that's think, what we know from this show right? i can't remember i think it's no it, it actually no it is in this episode um and i don't think this is necessarily the case here but i feel like this episode was animated by two different teams because i feel like the style changes a little bit like um and Aggie, like her design, I feel like people are just drawing her different because there's a part where she's like walking and she's got like, she had like classic like pie eyes. 
you know, like like old school Mickey Mouse or like um uh like Vault Boy from Fallout, like yeah. those kind of eyes. I don't know. It's it the animation in this episode was kind of weird. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like I think you know, like you said, left hand wasn't talking to the right hand, and you know, they were like, Oh, we're gonna make a mobster looking guy. Yeah, I guess maybe they didn't realize that this character was already used before. <laughs> they just told Don Tertelli and they're like, okay. I think he comes back again in this season. He comes well. back in uh, the episode that I'll be covering next time. Okay. Right. Wow. The Great Boldini. Um, in this episode, we get the turtle cycle. I think this is the first time we've seen it, but they don't name it, which is frustrating. Uh, we also see the sewer party tubes again. Those are the the device they didn't use last time when New York flooded. And uh, the retro catapult makes an appearance in this episode as well. But they call it the pizza thrower, which is a totally different machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. And then the other thing is apparently the turtle's love of weird toppings is common knowledge. Because, I mean, granted, Aunt Aggie isn't a normal person, but she seems to just say this as if it's something everyone knows. I mean, and Aggie says a lot of stuff that people should know. Like, she, like, flat out asks April, like, hey, when are you going to introduce me to the turtles? Exactly. But she then says that she knows it because, partially because April's taking to, like, a love of weird toppings. Yeah. Does this mean that everyone knows that the turtles love pizzas with weird toppings? Yeah, because I was like, I was like, dude, is, is that common knowledge now? Well, and also, like, are the turtles common knowledge? Like, we've talked about this before. Half the time, it's like, get your world-famous friends, the Ninja Turtles, and half the time, they're like, guys, put on these baby masks because no one needs to know that you exist. And then, like, um, <laughs> and, and, and then, like, the, um, the two guys that are stealing the kimonos, like, they obviously know that the turtles are green. Like, because they call them, oh, no, it's those green guys again or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite, like, back and forth. They're like, oh, no, it's the same green guys as last time. Oh, no, it's the same crooks as last time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that made me laugh. And then my last thing that I pulled is in the 2003 series, April has an uncle. She calls Uncle Augie. And I was wondering if that was inspired by oh. Aunt Aggie. It, it's one of those things that just similar. It can't be a coincidence, right? Yeah, it's like this, so similar. It's the same, same relation, basically, an aunt or an uncle, and same basic name structure. Like it's too common. It's too close to be a coincidence. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, her uncle Augie might have been his name at least. I mean, the rest of his character, not even, but his name is at least inspired by her aunt Aggie. Well, her aunt Aggie was a treasure hunter and was out and adventured apparently too. So maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of similarities there. All right. What is very weird, and I just, I'm reading this because it is literally on the Turtlepedia article for it. Um, this, the Turtlepedia article makes a very, uh, it has it as a bullet point that April is ticklish on the soles of her feet, which yeah. there we go. That was an important factoid that needed to be listed. Uh, another weird factoid Vernon is five foot nine, according to Aunt Angie, which makes a whole lot of people very short because he's one of the taller characters. I, I was thinking the same thing, yeah, yeah, he's like towers over April. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's the thing is like April's as tall as Shredder. We see that's like true. those two, like, and on the character sheet, like he's like not even half a head taller than her. So yeah, like if, if he's one of the taller characters because he's taller than April, yeah, man. There's a lot of short people in this universe. Before, didn't we deduce that they were giant, but now we've deduced that they're all super tiny? Like, I feel like we figured this out when we had to do the math for Attack of the 50-Foot Irma, that, like, everyone's actually... <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot our math. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and now we've just realized that everyone's actually tiny. <laughs> I gotta right. throw all that. Gotta throw all the math out. Oh, all new formulas. Hi. Man, one of these days I'm going to look back on this podcast and be like, what was I doing with my life? I, <laughs> I thought it was a good idea to calculate how tall What was I doing with Irma my life? And why aren't yeah. I still doing that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were spending an hour and a half discussing Ninja Turtles every week. <laughs> yeah. Guys, well, if you know the proper math equations, let us know somewhere on the internet at Ninja Turtle PH. <laughs> I need to get that, uh, you know that meme where like the lady's laying in bed and the guy's like facing away from her and she's thinking like he's probably thinking about other women. Uh-huh. Mine would be like, he's probably calculating how he's tall He's probably calculating the math of yeah. how tall 50 foot Irma really is. Right. <laughs> anyway that's everything i've got for these episodes that's everything i've got for these episodes let's talk about our anchovies no anchovies you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble okay so michelangelo's birthday i feel like the old surprise party episode where everyone pretends like it's not the person's birthday and they are gonna throw a surprise party for them is like a plot in like every basic cartoon ever (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah add that to shrinking episode and body adventure and yeah. you know you get half a season right there <laughs> yeah it's one of those plot points where i was just like this is literally like been in almost every show i think i've watched in my childhood <laughs> and like michelangelo's like zero to 60 like oh the dudes they're not remembering my birthday i'm running away forever and like the the over dramatic note that he writes yeah what what is with the turtles that like at the drop of a hat they will abandon their entire family because leo did that <laughs> leo had a bad dream woke up and was like i'm leaving you guys forever <laughs> like... bye okay. just like they're really mentally unstable but i guess maybe you would be if you you know lived in the sewers and were raised by a mutant rat that trained you in martial arts oh yeah you got all those like teenage hormones plus all the sewer gas you're breathing in every day sure it's not great for you (laughs) i understand why the retro muta whatever thing would only work if all three turtles were together like that was stupid to me i didn't understand that we also already had a story where they tried to shoot them with something to demutate them and it didn't work so like they they got a new thing to demutate them now (laughs) Instead it's, of getting the instead of using the old, but that's thing, on top of the hey. other. That's on top of the other demutation stuff that, like the retro mutagen gun from the first season. That's what I was yeah. about to say, yeah, from the first season, like and that was a laser. This is just a lazy gas they shoot at them. Yeah, like like they just make the laser gun again. I feel like that's more effective than <laughs> yeah, the like, gas. like yeah, why? like that's that's got to be more effective than accidentally happening upon this lava sledge. Like, why do they why do they got to use the lava sludge the you know with lava mixed with welding flux from dimension x 
when you had a laser gun. We're not supposed to be asking these questions. <laughs> yeah, I have I have three anchovies written down here. Number one is why all three of them together. Number two is mothballs at, at the end there. And then number three is everything else about this episode. <laughs> it was just nonsense from the very beginning. It's yeah, the mothballs thing is like the most ex machina ending I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh no, we're doomed. And then he's just like, I'm going to pull out these balls and just save them. And then not only are they not actually like mystical, he just says that it was by the power of believing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the demutating thing didn't work. It made them into giant balloon men. Like, what? I would not be surprised if this week, like back in 1989, they were like, okay, guys, tomorrow, bring in your dream journals. We're going to rip out a random page and just write the turtles in around whatever you dreamed about. And that's how they came up with, with these episodes for this week. Like, it's just nonsense. <laughs> yeah. It, that one was uh, yeah, definitely a fever dream for sure. Yeah. Ready for Usagi? Or do we have yeah, more we to talk, talk about? about Usagi. All right. So Usagi, I mean, I'd be remiss to say, because I brought it up last week. Um, you know, it's it's another case of you know, white actors playing Japanese characters. So we have Towns Towns and Coleman as Usagi, and uh, Pat Fraley who plays Krang um, as Obento. It was less offensive than like the stereotypical Japanese accents we had in um, uh, Beware, Beware of the Lotus and Blast from the Past. Uh-huh. Um, I still don't like it. No, but... it's not a good voice. It it didn't sound good at all to me. For Usagi? Yeah. Like it, it, it drove I me. mean, it was very, it was very 80s, like like I said, like it's very 80s, you know, white guy trying to do a Japanese sounding accent. Yeah. You know, and it's it it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it wasn't even so much offensive, so much as it just doesn't even sound good. Like it just doesn't. I agree with you there. He sounds like scared all the time or something. Yeah. I don't know what it is necessarily, but I'm not yeah. I'm not a fan of that voice. Yeah, it just didn't sound good. Like <laughs> Yeah. Also I think like, the 2012 voice skews too much in the other way where he just sound like he sounds way too gruff and tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2003 one's pretty good though. I like So that. on the um what was I going to say? And so I I don't know. I I I think I'm just because I was just being cynical and, you know, everything you love when you were younger is actually horrible. Um, I was looking at Usagi and something seemed off about his face. And I was like, I was, I was trying to come like, I was comparing it to the comic. I was comparing it to 2003 and 2012. And I think I'm just focusing on it too much, but I feel like they drew Usagi with buck teeth. Like, and I get it. He's a rabbit. So yeah. he would have buck teeth. Oh yeah. But it's like, I, I, my, in my head, I'm like, is this a caricature? Is this racist caricature or not? Because the other, all the other Usagis don't have that. that is weird. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to give benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give benefit of the doubt too. My friend told me, my friend I was bouncing this off of, I told him, uh, I told him about it and he's like, you know what? He's like, it honestly probably is just like, it's a cartoon for kids. They were just drawing a bunny rabbit person. 
Mm-hmm. Same with Splinter. Like the reason Splinter has buck teeth is because he's a rodent. You know, and, and that's and that's a fair <laughs> point. And like and like I said, and I and I tried to preface this with I think I'm looking too much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt like I had to bring it up because I was like it just just the fact that it isn't in the other versions means that I'm not the only one that thought that. Yeah. Does he have the like... scar over his eye in this? I can't remember. No. Uh-uh. Okay. He is a fresh-faced baby. Right. <laughs> For me, just like my big answer was just the entire like third act of this episode. It's like, okay, put the giant egg in the smokestack, feed the dragon grain, then it's going to eat fire and learn how to breathe fire, and then we'll shove a candle down its throat to <laughs> take it back to an egg. Like again, that's like something that came out of a dream journal, you know? It's yeah. it's uh, the, nonsense. I don't know. The, this episode, like that's probably my biggest anchovy of for of all is just the like the pacing is so weird and like so all over the place and like so much crammed into it. Yeah. Like I can't even remember what happened in the episode. Like when I, I mean another another kind of weird thing about that, um, especially that third act is we get the revelation that Splinter has a friend that he may still talk to as a rat person. (laughs) Like it's kind of, it's kind of brought up that Obento is a friend of his. And I was like, Oh, like, you know, probably from when he was Hamato Yoshi, but then I was like, Oh, he came, he, when he was exiled from the foot clan, he immediately went to living in the sewers. So like, did he meet Obento before then? Did he know Obento in Japan? And Obento came to America first? Like, because it's implied that Obento's been here for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, okay, Splinter's got this buddy in like little Tokyo town, which not little Tokyo, little Tokyo town specifically. <laughs> um it, it's just it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I would have liked to see more of Splinter having a friend like outside of the turtles. Um, because in uh in Gargoyles, um uh Hudson, the old gargoyle, had that friend uh, of his, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was uh blind. And so he didn't know that Hudson was a gargoyle, but like Hudson would go over there and he taught him how to read Braille and um like he would play chess with them all the time and it was something for hudson to do outside of the clan because all hudson was really doing was watching tv at home like when he wasn't on a mission um so like this gave hudson like all that extra depth and (laughs) i mean and granted this was before the popularization of like serialized tv for kids so it makes sense that obento never really shows up again but it's like that would have been really cool to see Splinter have that. Mm-hmm. Well, we know Splinter has an interesting life outside of the lair because his kimono has a map to secret treasure. <laughs> exactly. On I mean that too. That too. <laughs> uh. And it's like, it, I guess we're moving on to the next episode. Then. <laughs> um, so, is that map that's printed on the back of his kimono was that? sewn in was that printed on it did splinter know it was there yeah see that's the whole thing about this episode is like 
it all hinges on like we gotta get splinter's kimono splinter's kimono blah 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 splinter's kimono he's like barely even in the episode he's in the episode in the beginning to say hey you guys lost my kimono and that's it yeah <laughs> yeah and then at the end to be like oh i'm so glad i have my kimono back and it's like <laughs> and he specifically like says like it's his most prized possession right and it's like really <laughs> i think it's his only possession <laughs> well he's got a stick oh he's got a stick. <laughs> i mean like and and what's it's kind of funny because like when you look at the flashbacks of when he was a human like he was he was wearing the same kimono mm-hmm. um but he's like literally sitting on the floor in the sewer and it's not until the turtles come up that he decides to like get a tv in a kitchen Right. I gotta get these kids off my ass. There's something to do. <laughs> I just want five seconds alone. Oh, you freaking kids. Just leave me alone. Um, my big anchovy and Aunt Aggie said it for me. I didn't have to write it down myself. She says all of this was for nothing. And that's how I feel about this episode. <laughs> yeah. Because we just, never see Aunt Aggie again. Yeah. It's not explained why he has a map of his kimono. How did Don Tertelli learn about it? Like, just everything. Everything about this episode I didn't, didn't care for. Also, Neko, why haven't we gotten an action figure of Aunt Aggie? True. Uh, yeah. Because it's got to be in a two-pack with Don Tertelli. <laughs> <Yeah>. Obviously. <laughs> but yeah, my anchovies, the foot tickling is weird, especially now that I know that the internet has made it weird. Uh, yeah. Oh man, they rule thirty four. That whole thing, man. Uh, you know, so there's that whole thing where I'm just like, "What's up with all the tickling? Like, was this supposed to be funny? It, it's just, it's weird." I mean, like, because they can't be overly threatening. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's... Two episodes ago, they strapped Michelangelo to a torture device with acid that ate a hole to the center of the earth. I mean, so... you're you're not wrong. It's yeah. but it's just yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, Tritelli's not in that many episodes, but it's it's the fact that like it's so memorable that he already did a tickling thing, and then like when he holds the feather up in this episode, it's like, oh yeah, it's the tickling guy, and then we get yeah. it again in the Great Boldini. <laughs> oh jeez. Anyway, my last thing is like we've we've already talked a lot about you know wrong voice coming out of the wrong turtle, but there was one moment <laughs> where a turtle with a bow staff and blue bandana speaks with Raphael's voice. <laughs> Does he oh, yeah. say Cowabunga and skate away? Just yeah. put all four of them together. <laughs> you know, good I did old not notice that. That's awesome. Good old Raffanello, you know. <laughs> but Ron Ron Ronardo. There we go. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was really funny because it was just so so mixed up that I was kind of had my mind blown. Yeah, every now and then you get a scene that's like if you could summarize the entire series in one clip, and like that would be it, right? It's just yeah. like there's no quality control whatsoever. I mean, yeah, like like they're like they're pumping these episodes out on such a clip that it's like and they just don't even care. Like it, it was for you know us snot-nosed kids, like we didn't know any better. Well, and, also like to fix it, they would have had to send it back to Asia to redraw yeah, it exactly know, like that, that's expensive that i don't want to do yeah. that um but i was just i was just thinking like anybody that says like they love this episode is a liar <laughs> <laughs> just anybody who said hey i was just i mean like anybody who says that they love 
the turtles like and you know like the guys that i'm talking about like anybody who says like the 87 show is perfect like i really want to know what they what they mean by that because like is it possible they skipped this episode on accident? It is. Or? Is it possible that they skipped every other season but the first one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because um, like we talked about last time, like watching that clip show of the first couple episodes, like it makes me really want to go back and rewatch those first episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, because like the animation was so good. Like there were mistakes, but um, like I don't know. Like some it, the first couple episodes just feel different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would you say that you love that first season i uh, would that i love the first season of 87 yeah absolutely should we talk about some other things that we love then uh, oh wow yes we Transition should master over here man I, I thought i'm like two for two tonight. that's a that's pretty segue great. <laughs> i didn't transition us to the wrong segment or anything <laughs> now you're good this week yeah, you, you did me. it you did it right this time I love being a turtle. All right. All right. Michelangelo's birthday. Um, like I said, they have that gas that they're using. And Shredder's like, he's got them all cornered. He's like, yes, all three of you stand together. <laughs> and then he like sprays at Leonardo. And Leonardo just like casually sidesteps yeah. it. Like it was, it was <laughs> like this could have been an anchovy, but it's just, it's so fitting with how this show is that like, I was like, you know what? I like it. Yeah, like all the turtles are up. like splinter or shredders like spraying the spray around like crazy and the turtles like they're not even jumping out of the way they're just moving <laughs> yeah just taking a step to the left and then he's like points to the way he's like no and then like when raf throws his sign like clips it to the wall yeah. um but it, it's it's just it's just funny like because it's like it's not a is it a spray or is it like is it, it's not an aerosol spray so it's not dispersing in the air it's literally like they gotta hit you with this it's strange it's weird that's that's all i had for this uh, there was a fun for, uh there was a fun fourth wall break uh rock steady when he looks at the camera and he's like he must have seen this episode before that was a good <laughs> one that was a good one that was, i just i like fourth wall breaks yeah because Michelangelo does it better, um, does another one later. He's like, you know, some birthdays a dude's just gotta stay in bed and catch some Z's. You know what I mean? Not as good as the first one. Not as good as the first one. No. That was an anchovy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I thought I had one. I usually try to have like at least one thing for every episode. You know, I, I really try. Um. But the one thing I had written under here was something I accidentally writ, wrote this for a different episode uh, for this episode. So I don't have anything written. Hey, uh, all right. <laughs> I guess I like that Shredder scoops up lava. There yeah, we go. Pretty cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so then moving on to Usagi. Uh, I, I mean, I liked Usagi. I liked the personality they gave him. He was, you know, he was very curious and just wanted to be helpful. Um, and it was one of those things like I hated the idea of the rabbit restaurant, especially like with the manager who had like a carrot lapel pin. <laughs> but then I'm the, then I, I thought about it again and I thought about the show that I'm watching and I'm like, it's stupid, but it's yeah. 87. Yeah. 
Yeah, the first two acts of this episode are really good. It's just that third one just like goes yeah, it's completely it's just the off third the rails. Act. Like yeah. uh, the thing I've written down, I, I love that like the the foot soldiers attack and Usagi's like, are these your enemies, turtles? And they're like, yeah, uh, we don't like the foot soldiers. Usagi doesn't know what a robot is. Oh, his, yeah, that's right. His first instinct is to slice in one in half. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So from from tip to tail, cuts it right in half, and then just goes just goes ape on him, kills. Damn, he kills all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like that was what I was gonna say too. Is I like like we see Usagi use his swords, and we see him like dice up footbots. Like it actually is yeah. cool. <laughs> but yeah, he also goes full. Yeah, it's his first instinct. He's just like, all right, slice them down the middle. Slice them down the middle. I'm going to cut these guys in half. Yeah. You guys are enemies of my friends. You're dead. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I had was the, yeah, it was cool to see, you know, we, we actually got to see Usagi and not only did he just show up, but we got to see him use his swords right. and actually like chop up footbots. And we got to see robot pieces flying out and stuff. It was neat. Um, case of the hot kimono. The only thing I've written for this is no shredder or krang in this episode. Yeah, I didn't even notice. Kind of a rarity. I think the only one other one I can think of off the top of my head was the Rat King episode. I think otherwise Uh, every single episode. Great Boldini doesn't have them either. Okay. All right. Let's keep a list. I think it's all the Tortelli episodes. Yeah, I actually found myself like more engaged in this episode than I did the other two. And I kind of realized that it's because it's a villain that's not Shredder. And the story was just way different than other stories we've gotten in this series. You know, better or not, I at least didn't feel like I was watching the same thing over and over again. And so I actually paid more attention to this one. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I was this is kind of a it's kind of a deep cut but only really if you're from california um so the joke where donatello like dresses up as like a used kimono salesman uh named kimono cal uh say that back to yourself and sound see how i know i know know. (laughs) but the the gag is um, again, this, this only makes sense if you're from California and like from the early like 90s to the 2000s. There was a used car salesman out here named Cal Worthington. And the gag was that Cal would always make like try to get your business by doing wacky things. And like the commercials were like, go see Cal, go see Cal, go see Cal. Um, and it's like I I'm pretty sure Kimono Cal is a spoof of that. I'm like ninety percent sure. Oh yeah, it's too too close to be coincidence, right? Because like yeah, like Cal Worthington like was like one of those things like your parents knew out here. Like that's how because he had like one of his gags was like he has a dog named Spot and it was a tiger. like like he was he was like this old cowboy like that's that's the thing so kimono cow like had a cowboy hat and so it was like this is cal worthington okay that makes a lot more sense now yeah so i like that because i'm nostalgic for cal worthington i wanted to buy a car from cal worthington um then i realized he had like a million car lots (laughs) you couldn't actually buy one from him Oh, that's too bad. But uh, no, he, I think he passed away like 15 years ago. 
Oof. I, he was, dude was like a million years. He was a million years old when I was watching him. Like, <laughs> so dude had a fantastic life. But yeah, go watch the Cal Worthington commercials. They're they're a hoot. Yeah, my my other my one joke that I thought was really funny in there was uh, when Aggie meets Master Splinter. She calls him uh, Mister Splinter, and then Splinter's like, "Oh, there's no need <laughs> yeah. to be so call me Master." He like he like you. Th- it was such a good fake out because it's like, is he gonna? He's like, no, no, no. It's just Splinter will be fine. It's like, no, call me Master. It's <laughs> like, what a dick. <laughs> but I loved it. It was yeah. that was like I love it when Splinter's catty. <laughs> like he doesn't get to be catty enough in the sh- right. show and it's like yeah you know, I'm, I'm so tired of him being like the wise old master and it's like when he gets to be funny it's great mm-hmm. he doesn't need to do it in every episode but it's like he's got to do it more often than he does mm-hmm. man uh you know the last three episodes we watched weren't so great these weren't great either hopefully we're due for a an upswing, an upswing? i mean soon. The next three episodes are the last ones on this DVD that I have, which means we only have one more DVD after that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> 11 more episodes. Goodness gracious. Then so we're done with season three. I mean, but that's only five more episodes of, of season three. Like we're, we're getting close. Yeah. I, I light at the end of the tunnel. Once we get to Great Boldini, it's smooth, it's smooth sailing, light light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. I don't know. I, I'm thinking that it's after season four that things might start improving a little bit again because you have like fewer episodes in a season. They're not cranking them out so hard. Hopefully there's a bit of qual- more quality control. Yeah, because season three is 47 episodes. I'm pretty sure season four is still like 39 episodes. Yeah, it's like 39 or 41. Yeah, but then after that, they like reduce it down to like, you know, I think the next the next highest amount of episodes we'll see is like 27 when I was looking mm. at it. I'm, I'm just kind of scanning titles for what's left in season three. I noticed one of them is the missing map. Then we, we just watched that episode though, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was in the kimono. <laughs> We're getting there. Anyway, should we talk about our news? I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Spencer, any news in the comic world? Um, not that I've seen. We don't have any side series going on for Turtles, and the main mainline book just came out last week. Uh, unless there's a best of coming out this week, which I don't think there was. Um and did the best be- of Arpel O'Neill come out yet? <laughs> they did. They did update it. it I know they, they did. Yeah, they did yeah. fix it. So yeah, if you guys didn't catch it, uh, there was a print uh, where they spelled Arpel O'Neill on the cover. Uh, it was fixed, and I think reprintings um, do say April. But I mean, if you have an Arpel O'Neill issue, uh, misprints can you know get some quick money. Yeah. No, misprints can be uh, big collector's items. Yeah, I got I to gotta see if that got put in my box. I haven't been to the shop in a couple weeks. I don't think it's out yet, though. Oh, it it's not? Oh, yeah. Bummer. I think I think April is November and Shredder is December. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, so 
yeah, there's there's nothing coming out comic book wise in the next uh in the next week. So, yeah, I don't think any I, think I don't think any trades. Me. I don't think uh I don't think volume three of uh Turtles Reborn, the trade paperbacks, is coming out yet. Uh uh-huh. um, that's November. I just looked at it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Uh Jenica 2. Is that also um, November? That trade paperback already came out. That was that was uh, Oh, it did? Yeah, it should have. Oh, my store my store hasn't given that to me yet. Uh well, okay then. Yeah. In action figure news, uh last night for Turtle Tuesday, NECA, as part of their 31 nights of fright reveal, which is really kind of funny because last week I said, I don't think there's gonna be anything for turtles and NECA for their fright reveals. But this spooky season, NECA is thrilled and chilled to announce a turtle-tacular new line of action figures, Universal Cross Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The figures will pay tribute to the world's most famous turtles and Universal's icons of horror. Raphael as Frankenstein's monster reimagines the temperamental turtle as the misunderstood monster. Includes metal chain, interchangeable hands and two lightning bolt sigh comes in collector friendly window packaging featuring a custom illustration and the best news wide release not exclusive so that means for the first time in a long time outside of the arcade line uh this you can get this turtle figure anywhere target walmart big bad toy store gamestop you know go nuts Take that. So take that yeah, take that yeah. scalpers. For real. Um, I I'm excited. I this is super cool. Uh, you might have already seen by now. I did post pictures of it on our Twitter and um, Facebook page. I think uh, Keith also shared it on uh, the Instagram. But I uh, dude, this looks rad. Yeah, like I am someone that is. I you know I've, I've stated multiple times I'm not really a toy guy. This is on my radar. Like, there's a part of me. It's like, will I get this? Because it looks that cool. Yeah. They yeah. Do like the whole line. It 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 feels cool in a way that like NECA hasn't done the turtles yet. Because like the movie turtles are great, mm-hmm. um, but it's like they're kind of like you know they're those designs, um, which again great designs, but you know it's just those. And then they reused basically the same bodies to do the um, musical mutagen tour turtles. And then like the tune turtles are also kind of the same things. Like we've had those tune turtle figures since essentially 2016. So like, this is the first truly new turtles design that NECA has done since 2018. Yeah. And that like, that's really cool. And I'm super stoked for this figure. Um, it mentioned in a, like, it's a line of figures. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope there's more because I mean, there is precedent because, you know, we've had um, movie like monster turtles before in the playmates uh, in the vintage toy line and in 2012 yeah. um, and pixel Dan actually uh, pointed out that this is the first time that Raph is uh, Frankenstein and so now Donnie and Michelangelo have also been Frankenstein. So only Leo is left. True. I used to have the Donna's Dracula toy. And dad, if you're <laughs> listening, uh, I still do not like that you stole that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
he he always tells me I'll, I'll never let him forget, and he is correct. So. <laughs> but yeah, I um, like I said, I'm super stoked for this. Um, I cannot wait. Yeah, it uh, looks amazing. Like just every detail of it looks great. Yeah, and and what's what's really cool is that. I mean, like I said, it's a wide release. Like, you know, NECA NECA's known for a long time. Like, you don't need to keep telling them how much you hate store exclusives. They know. Um, it's just they were the dummies who did the deal in the first place. But <laughs> um, I mean, the fact that they were able to make this a wide release is really cool. Um and the arcade line is also wide release, like or fan channel release. Um so you don't have to go hunt down at targets and Walmart, but that's what's, what's, what's super interesting about this is that like, does this fall into like the non competing type of figure that like playmates says that NECA can't produce, you know, um, because this is very specific. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, something a lot of kids are gonna pick up like you know like you're gonna have like the monster loving kids that that'll want it um but yeah like i don't know um i i'm like i said i'm super stoked for this it is a bummer it doesn't come out until january it would have been nice if this was ready for halloween yeah but But beggars can't be choosers (laughs) but beggars can't be choosers i'll have it for next halloween yeah uh, but yeah, uh, you can pre-order that at Big Bad Toy Store, which is where I get all my figures. Um, well, these all the ones that I can get online. And uh, I posted that link on our Facebook page, and I can uh, retweet that over on our Twitter. Yeah, my my guesses are going to be Leonardo's Dracula. Oh yeah! If you guys uh, have any picks, let us know at Ninja Turtle PH. I'm guessing Leonardo will be Dracula. Michelangelo will be the creature from the Black Lagoon and Donatello will be the mummy. I don't know. Maybe Michelangelo will be the mummy and Donatello will be the creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm, I'm still kind of up in the air on that one, but. Okay. So, so it's, it's Dracula, um, the mummy, creature from the Black Lagoon, Wolfman. Wolfman. Oh, we're missing a Wolfman, huh? Um, God, I'm trying to think of all the classic universal monsters. Uh, I, um if Wolfman's an option, I don't think they'll be doing Creature from the Black Lagoon because that just seems like it's really, really basic. I think they did, because they did two lines of the Universal Monsters Playmates ones. I think the second yeah, one Yeah, but they, had... weren't, they weren't all Universal Monsters because you had like Freddy and Leatherface um, oh. and, and Mikey Myers. That's right. Because um, I, I uh, God, well, it was the second line that had um dracula was it dracula donnie and mikey so, mikey was the invisible man so the first line was mike is frankenstein oh yeah Raph. so that's the thing Invi- invisible man is another universal monster so the first line was mike is frankenstein don is dracula raf is the mummy leo is the wolf man the second line was michelangelo is the invisible man april o'neill as bride of frankenstein leonardo is a creature from the black lagoon and Raphael was the mutant, um, which is like a crab-looking thing with oh, a big yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, that's like a meta muta something. I can't, I can't remember the exact yeah. name. Um, I always thought it was a Mars Attacks alien for some reason when I was younger. It, well, it looks it looks very close to a Mars right. Attacks alien. So, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, like I'm I'm curious. And then like obviously Bride of Frankenstein is another universal monster. Um I, I I'm I'm curious to see how deep this line's gonna go. Um because yeah, like we just named off all those universal monsters, and you know, there's only four turtles, so it's like I mean, are they gonna make April the bride of Frankenstein again? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well somebody have- somebody mentioned that like I have to have a Jason Voorhees or Casey Jones as Jason Voorhees, and I'm like, it's not it's- a universal monster. It's not a universal monster, and it's also just like it wouldn't be that different, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. You, really you, have to, you have to specifically, like, remember, like, this line is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cross uh, Universal Monsters, or Universal Monsters cross Team NT. Like, that's the, that's the branding. So there's no, you know, Ghostface, there's no Freddy, there's no Leather, Leatherhead, or Leatherface. Um Leatherhead, though, I mean, maybe yeah, leather. Leatherhead is Leatherface. That'd be great, <laughs> right? It's a crocodile wearing human skin. The... <laughs> That'd be great, man. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's just not the nightmares right there. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. real spook stuff. Yeah, it seems like a. I mean, I know the. I always like those action figures of the Universal Monsters, and it seems like a good crossover for Naked Dukes. They're known for doing horror stuff, anyhow. So, yeah, like the sculpting on on that raf head is just it's just so good yeah i like that his side are lightning bolts i don't it's, know if it's picked cute. up on that it's a That's cute, a cute detail yeah any other news that is it for me um other than uh if you go over to uh neca's twitter uh or facebook or instagram they uh had a stop motion video by the fantastic uh dgdx animation um man is just so good at stop motion animation so yeah cool yeah the um, the other thing is they have shown that tmnt the next chapter is the title it looks like for the seth rogan film. so okay yeah i forgot that i tweeted that um or posted that yeah. uh so i don't i don't think it's officially said by nick yet okay but uh, there was a leak of a logo for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the next chapter. Uh, and uh, was it uh, Old Turtle Den on YouTube uh, ran a video on it. Um, and then the next morning, Varner Studios, who did all of the old uh, designs for the toy line, and uh, I think we talked about them, how they had said they showed old designs to um seth rogan's team mm-hmm. he posted a like a crew t-shirt like a, a shirt that you only get if you're working on the movie with this logo and then with the caption since it's official now so i it's one of those all but confirmed but not confirmed things but it uh, looks like our next, our Seth Rogen movie is going to be called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the next chapter. And uh, yeah, no other info beyond that other than, you know, what we talked about before. It's a 2023 release date. Cool. Neato. 
All right. So Spencer, what are we going to do next week? Next week, uh, we're going to be covering the first Savage Dragon crossover. Uh, so that's issue three of Savage Dragon, two, three, five. It's one of the early ones. We should probably figure that out before we record. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Issue two of Savage Dragon. All right. And then the book, Ninja Teenage Mutant Turtles, Savage Dragon, published by Mirage Studios. Uh, number one. Okay. That's that's a crossover. So just those two issues. That's what we're covering. Because technically it takes two issues. Oh, I'm taking next week off then. (laughs) Just kidding. I'll be here next week. But yeah, I mean, what Mike doesn't know is that we've kicked him off the podcast for the week. (laughs) (laughs) But cool. So Savage Dragon Cross. Keith doesn't know is that I'm going to be waiting outside the window. He doesn't know where you live now. I do. Oh, man. (laughs) Cool. All right, guys. Uh, But if you've enjoyed everything that we talked about so far, if you wanted to answer any of those questions that I threw out at you, um, let us know somewhere on the internet at Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, If you guys love the show, let us know as well by leaving a review. Um, The higher the rating, eh, We'll appreciate that more um but you know that kind of stuff lets us know what you like what you don't like what we can talk about some more of um but regardless of if you like the show or not we love you we hope you love us and we have a ball doing it and yeah cool so that's our show this week thank you so much for listening until next time cowabunga dudes cowabunga forget it Don Tortelli don't return nothing, not even library books. I was. That was a, yeah. that was a good line. I popped into the microphone like crazy, though. I need to put my filter back on. Yeah. yeah. So, Keith, have you joined our clan on a... He did. I promoted... I did, yes. Just today. I, for, I think I was looking for Ninja Turtle PH, and that's why I couldn't find oh, it. Oh, no. I, was, I would have abbreviated it, but it does... Uh, it fit the entire thing. Perfect. Yeah. It's better that people don't think we're trying to, like, test the acidity of Ninja Turtles. Right, yeah. right. Uh, I, so I did promote you both to ninja. Nice. So I can't I can't promote you any further than that because then I'll lose the I'll I'll lose command. Yes. But well, people who are still listening to the bonus content, you know, come on in and join the clan. Yeah, ninja- come on in. Ninja Turtle PH on Ninja Turtle uh, Power Hour. Mutant Madness. Yeah, Ninja Turtle Power Hour, not Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, <laughs> um on uh mutant madness uh if you guys are still playing it i am because it's you know it's something to click on 
<laughs> when yeah, I'm... I mean, I redownloaded it just because Mike created a clan for the podcast. And so now I'm here again playing. Yeah, I got out of it when I got a new phone and my account didn't transfer. So I just started a new account. It's, it's kind of fun. I, I wish it was a little more uh, interactive, but it is cool to just kind of see all these toys that I played with as a kid in a video yeah. game, you know? And it's like like the little things I mentioned last time, how you can kind of like, you can direct the ultimate attacks. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's fun. Um, so my current team is Bebop, Ace Duck, Metalhead, uh, Mondo Gecko, and Zack, the Neutrino. Cool. I've got Rocksteady, Leatherhead, I forget his name, but it's the Triceraton, Michelangelo, and Casey Jones. Somehow I knew you would have Casey Jones. Yeah. Of course I will. <laughs> I've got uh, Rocksteady, Donatello, Genghis Khan, or is that Genghis? Uh, all four turtle, uh, all four frogs are here. So you have Attila, Genghis, Napoleon, Ooh. and Rasputin. It is Genghis. Okay. Uh, Mona Lisa and Leatherhead. Yeah. The thing I did realize when downloading this, though, re-downloading it and looking still at the at the cast of characters they have, just reminded me of what my pet peeve of this game is. And it's the fact that it's like they have a whole story revolving around a multiverse and they don't even need to bring in like other turtles besides the 80s turtles. That's whatever. But like at least bring in like other villains and characters that have appeared in the other shows. I mean, they yeah. got Savanti Romero and Renette. They, they do. They do have Savanti Romero and Renette, and they have Karai, which, like, don't get me wrong, like, those are cool. Don't want to overlook those. But, like, right now, the season seven character is... Dirk Savage. Dirk Savage. Who is that? Does He's, um... Uh, I don't he was think... he was in the episode that uh, Toka and Razar were in. I'm yeah, sure. like he's he's like a bounty hunter. He's he's kind of like the um, the anti Ninja Turtle squad. So like, like he's like an actual like bounty hunter or something. So like they put him in before they put in like Tiger Claw or Bishop or any character that's like reappeared and is more well known. Sure, it came from a different series. You know, Don Tertelli. <laughs> like, like, he's at least in three episodes, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, they put him in there before they put in any of those other characters. And, like, it's one of those things where, like, you have these people that, like, refuse to, like, acknowledge, I guess. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But it's, like, it's almost like people, like, refuse to acknowledge that anything Ninja Turtles happened after the year 2000. You know, that, like... Oh, it, yeah. It only happened in the 90s. Like, we will acknowledge the next mutation before we acknowledge, like, the 2003 series or the 2012 series or or whatever. You know, we'll, we'll you know, okay, it was in the Mirage comics. We'll include it. It happened back in the 80s or 90s. So we'll include that. But, like, anything after that, we won't even, like, let it be in here. Like, there are lots of characters from the 87 series in here. If they were to just put in, like, Han, would it hurt anybody? <laughs> they need to have... Aunt Aggie. Yeah, they need to add Aunt Aggie. You know, she can deduce things. Anyway, that was my mini rant for for the day. I'm just kind of like, really? Like Dirk Savage? Yeah. Like, you put him in over like Tiger Claw? Well, it's such a deep cut, too. Like, the only reason I know that is because I happened to look up which episode Toka and Razor were in like three years ago and just happened to remember. So, oh, the, yeah. Savage, the Savage Dragon on Comixology. Sorry, I'm looking it up. Mm. Um, 
Savage Dragon Archives Volume One has the Turtles issues in it. Yeah, it's got number two, and I think uh, they reappear again in like that one. We'll read at the end after uh, we finish Volume Two because that one happens after Volume Two. Number two. Yeah, they're in issue two, that crossover, and I think twenty-two they're in. Does does that book though have the Mirage comic book in it? Uh, I don't think so. It just says guest starring Wildcats and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wildcats. Yeah, it's issue two. You can buy that whole book, or you can just buy the individual issue two, depending on however much money you want to put in. Or is it in the unlimited? Uh, it's on unlimited. Oh, cool. You're good then. Um. Yeah, we'll figure out a way for for you to know what happens in in that other crossover issue. But I'm pretty sure I I, I own it. I got it before the Mirage site went down. But uh, we'll find a way to make sure you can read it too. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some pictures. Something. Yeah, sounds good. Cool, cool. All right, same. Oh, do we want to figure out who wants to do which issues? Um, let me figure out where to read that. I will summarize the Mirage published issue. Okay, I, I can take I like that one. Savage Dragon number two, then. And I'll just chime in. Sounds good. All right. Well, it's already getting pretty late on the on my end. Yeah, it's a school night since yeah. it's not Friday anymore. <laughs> So, all right, guys, catch you later. Catch you later. Take care. Take care.